Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, sharing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave. Hey, Father Dave. How long has it been since you and I have been together in the same place, in the same room, in the same podcast studio? Two minutes? No, we like that we've recorded together. Oh, like all these things? Well, I don't know. I thought it was a trick question. No. Okay. Um, it's been almost a month, hasn't it? Oh, that's right, because you've been you've yeah. been journeying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see you. Bob, it's just my heart is jumping with joy right Aww, now. Yeah. Well. Whatever. Let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> let's talk about horrible things. I have uh, officially rescued Grogu from the evil hands of rescued, Castle Grayskull, rescued, also known as the Holy Spirit rescued Friary. Rescued is a stretch. I think kidnapped might be a better word. Well, you know. Who, who what's the inside? This was an inside job. <laughs> who was it? I'm not saying. Was it? Okay, I'm not saying. catch people up. So uh, many months ago, we had got this wonderful, adorable Fantastic. stuffed Grogu, Fantastic. also known as Baby Yoda. Yep. And, you know, Father Dave wanted to... He spent some time in the, my office. He spent some, which in, seemed to be positive. I want to say great, the was, beginning, as as with many relationships, the beginning of it was, was positive, very positive. Right. And then went Students to the friary, enjoyed, loved it. Loved, loved him, him, right. Cared on him. And then and took then it to the friary. that <laughs> was where it went south. It, 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 it Initially, it was fine until I walked into the our library, which we have a fireplace, and somebody had put him in the fireplace. <laughs> Actually, the, the, another funny thing is we had somebody visiting. I can't even remember who it was. There was kind of like a big deal. And... I left Grogu on top of, um, we have like this little fireplace and there's a shelf above it. Yes. What's that called? A mantle. A mantle. Yes. yes. And somebody was shocked that I actually left Grogu up during the middle of this meeting, but it's like, what the heck? Yeah, why not? But then so I walked in and he was in the him, fireplace. And then so later I found him in a storage closet, essentially, like somebody a Somebody put him in space. a freezer, apparently. He was up on like the Wait, third you shelf. you found him? I know exactly how this happened now. I, I saw him through the mirror. I saw him through the window and okay. I was like, there's Grogu. And you took him. And I took him. Father Jonathan St. Andre, you are dead to me. <laughs> He Am had right? almost nothing to do with yeah, it except for it. everything. And See, that's the friars. They a, act because all Father nice. Jonathan is a good person. That's why this happened. And of course, when I take him off the shelf, I look at his back. It's covered <laughs> in ash. His backside. It's all his backside dirty. Is covered in ash. So I uh, I brought him home, and Aiden went nuts. So excited, hugged him. Well, that's going to be a so that's going to be a troublesome thing when no, he gets separated. It, it will not be. You, you're not. You've you've lost custody. Rights. Visiting rights? Can I visit? <laughs> you can visit. No, I. You can like, visit. He's, so Bob sent me this picture of of his son holding Grogu, and seriously, Aiden is like has this smile, like he's just. Well, ironically, when I came home, he was wearing Grogu pajamas. Okay, like okay. with the hood and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So he's a little he's a little all in for Grogu. So all right. I think. As, as we all learned from Toy Story, a toy needs a boy, and he's in a good place now. Or maybe I'll miss him. No. You wouldn't have even noticed I took him if I hadn't told you about it. I, <laughs> well, no, seriously, when you sent me a picture, I realized that you'd taken him. <laughs> then. I took him like three weeks ago. Did you really? No. Oh, <laughs> but you don't know better. All right, so... Um, Kansas is the world uh, champions or of basketball. I don't know if we yep. do that in America. Yeah, Kansas beat North Carolina. Um, Condolences to all the North Carolina fans, though you did beat Duke. So AKA that's, Father Gregory. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So you, we're just throwing all the friars under the yeah. bus today. Well, no, it's not under the bus. It's Father Gregory's like, <laughs> actually, I, he's handled it well. But yeah, Kansas, I, honestly, I several of the friars, we watched the North Carolina Duke game. It was a sad, honestly, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, 
Great games. I mean, both yeah, of them really three-point games at the but end. But if you were going to like, okay, final, who did I want to win? Please forgive me, uh, Father Gregory. And we have I've got some really close friends in North Carolina. But I like Kansas. Do middle, you? Yeah, Middle America. Yeah. So I, I was I was happy with it. I was happy. We with did it. get one email uh, suggesting that we didn't mention anything about women's basketball, specifically Notre Dame women who did yeah, yeah. very very they, well. They did, they, I think they made it to the lead eight. Do you know who won the women's championship? UConn. No, they did. Darn it! I just guessed. No, no, I have no idea. No, and that's the thing is, isn't it always UConn? It's like part I, of it. Actually, I think UConn went to the finals with South Carolina against UConn, and I think UConn it was the first time this group of seniors actually made it to the final four, which is ridiculous because they've won like forty years in a row. Right, right. But I was actually kind of distressed that I don't know. We're going to get into a political issue, but the girls, the the women from. South Carolina chose not to go out during the national anthem. They were in protest. And that just mm. that just always rubs me the wrong way. And I believe again freedom of speech, but right. it just bugs me the wrong way. Well when, here's when they the do here's that. the freedom of speech. They have the freedom to do it. Yeah, and I have, and the, you freedom have the freedom to be to bothered not, by to be bothered it. Right, right, by right. it. And that's okay. So initially I would have been go South Carolina and then I heard that they did that and it's like go Yukon. But who won? South Carolina won the national beat them actually pretty bad, oh, like really? fifteen points or something like that. Really? Yeah. yeah, so South Carolina won. UConn was not a number one seed; they're number two seed. But yeah, uh, Notre Dame made it to the lead eight. But you know, it's it, and I'll just mention this: it's it was one of the markers knowing that my father's passed because my father followed actually he followed women's basketball much closer than he did men. And, oh, really? And Dad would have. No, told everything. me every score and, and all that kind of thing. <laughs> so now that he's so, not there, you're out of touch. Yeah, so with when I was the... paying attention, I kind of looked and said, well, I wonder how Notre Dame did, and they made it to the Elite Eight. And we, so, yeah. But, yeah, go South Carolina basketball team. They won the national championship, so if you root for them, so great. Congratulations. It's okay. a it's a smite it's a slight bomb on the wound of the North Carolina team. Okay, and and I know that, that we are going to talk about uh, Jordan Peterson, so that's going to be the second segment but and this is gonna this may actually come out late, so people thank you so much. There's just so much going on. So if you hear this late, but on our campus right now, right. and this is just like I can't tell you like how, today, like Tuesday, Tuesday right now, right okay. now exactly. Yes. Okay, I can't tell you how excited. Do you know who is on campus? Well, I guess Jordan Peterson has left the building, so it's he not has Jordan left the Peterson. Building. He has left the building. Jim Caviezel. No, and in in some ways, honestly, we'll we'll talk about Jordan Peterson. It was a great event. It's it's for me. I'm almost more excited. Oh, okay, well, you got to give me some clues here. Is it a, is he Catholic? Is yes. It, is she? Yes. He or she? He, he is Catholic. He yep. is Catholic. Yep. Is he in the entertainment business? No, he is not. Is he a entrepreneur? No, he is not. Is he an artist? No, he is not. Is he bigger than a bread box? Yes, he is. This um, is going so well. I know exactly. Is he French? No. Okay. Do I know him? No. Have I met him? No. Oh, I don't even know him. So this is a person, there's no possible way I could ever guess. Right. Exactly. Mm. As you were going through this, I said, this is going to be a really long- Mel Gibson. He? No. No. Uh, Andre Gen- Depardieu. General Kevin Chilton. Oh, okay. oh so yeah. Really and his, and his wife. His wife wasn't able to come. Right. Oh, that's Okay. So first off, both he and his wife are generals, and that is just remarkable. Bob- this guy went to space three times. That's incredible. Why, I mean, why, isn't, why aren't we interviewing him right now? I think we usually don't have seriously, guests. Seriously, we didn't, but that would have really been but fun. But if you've been to space, you get, a, you get to be on the show. Um, there's a part of me that's thinking, I wonder if we could Can just we get him, him for a few minutes. No, he's, it's really like I am totally stoked and excited to yeah. talk. He, he's giving a talk this evening. You know, evening. I've been to space camp twice. Okay, I had lunch with him. Are you going to go to the talk tonight? It probably has nothing to do with space, but I had lunch with him, and 
And I just said to him, it's like, okay, I, thank you for coming as part of an advisory board. Thank right. you so much, Leisha. I said, I just can't tell you how excited I am that I said, you've been to space. And yeah. he kind of smiled. And um, It's always the trump card at any dinner conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I shared with him that one of, I, I had a bucket list to be able to see the space shuttle go up. And, mm. and so I shared my story. And it was just a wonderful experience that I had. And, and he goes, yeah, he goes, I never actually liked to watch the space shuttle go up. And I said, well, he said, I didn't like to watch launches. And I go, like, what do you mean? He goes, well, those are my friends. And, uh. and he said, he was always nervous. He goes, I would much rather be, and this is just crazy. I would much rather be in the, sh- in the shuttle. I preferred when I was in it. And it's like, <laughs> you preferred when you literally three times he went to space. So I'm really looking forward and to it. And was he always flying the space shuttle when he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know what his shuttle. role was. Yeah. I don't know what his role was in, in the shuttle. But yeah, that's my understanding. He's right. So I can't wait to hear his story uh, more next week on General Children. Yes, indeed. Yep. And thanks to all the alumni who came out to the Cleveland Cavaliers game last week. Oh my with gosh! Us. Oh, can I tell the funny story ever? Yes. Can we, do you know what story I'm going to tell? I don't. I'm going to find out. Okay. So wait, General Ken Chilton. No, it's another story. Oh, okay. Okay. I, so I, that was the answer for the last one. And I was so we had uh, uh, we had a wonderful event, and you're right; it, it was, was just great. great. And and name, throw, name drop the guy who helped organize it from your your friend. Oh, Kevin Taylor. Kevin did. Yeah. It was really actually yeah. it was really great. And Christy Fleming from our alumni yeah, she office did great. knocked it out of the park. So we had this event. So we're all at the table. I we I had a beer with a bunch of people that were there, and I had just a little bit of a beer left, and and ended up going down to my seat to see where I was going to seat, right. sit with you and that kind of thing. And then I decided to go get something neat. So I walked by this table, grabbed my beer, went and got something neat, walked back to my chair and looked at my chair, my seat, and my beer was there. <laughs> so <laughs> You got somebody else's, you I stole did, a beer. I literally walked by. And so I walked back to this guy and I said, did I? Uh, the guy I'd never met before. He was a, <laughs> a husband of one of our alumni. I said, did I take your beer? And he started laughing. He goes, Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt so horrible. And, and, but there was just a little bit left. And he said, he, he, he laughed. He goes, I just, when it happened, it was like, you guys president. You're just, you're just so used beer. to fundraising. You're just taking anything well, you can get yeah, at this My little point. brother, he goes, that's quite a flex. You just walk by. It's like, I'll just take that beer. I'll take that hamburger. So anyway, <laughs> we were, I, I want to We were apologize. afraid it was going to show up on some conservative Catholic news source the next day. I want to apologize publicly to this guy. Yes. But, but it was a great event. It was really, really a lot of fun. It was a great it game. Uh, the Cavs are struggling a bit with injuries. Who won? Um, not the Cavs, oh, right. sadly. Dallas the uh, Dallas Mavericks won. But we're going, it looks like we're going to be in the play-in tournament if you know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. Well maybe our maybe our listeners don't, maybe they don't care, but I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Maybe they don't care. Okay. Stop it. So oh speaking of things we don't care about, how's baseball? Is it started Has it yet? It started yet. Next oh, week. Next good. week. No wonder I feel joy and happiness in the air that's about to be sucked out. All right. Anyway. Um let's do our Franciscan promo. Let's all right. Uh oh this is so awesome. So um this is actually, this is really, actually really, cool. really incredible. I'll this deserves the song in the background. Uh, but as we've been talking about on the podcast for the past few weeks, uh, many of you know that we at Franciscan University operate a study abroad program in Gaming, Austria, on the site of a beautifully restored 14th century Carthusian monastery. Uh, but we've been using the some empty wings at that monastery uh, to house refugees, mothers, and children fleeing uh, from war-torn Ukraine. On March 27th, uh, they received 41 refugee children and women 
arrived at our Austrian campus and will be there for the next couple of months while they figure out final placement. In addition to providing them with food and shelter, there is a classroom so children can continue their studies, experience some normalcy, and a Byzantine Catholic chapel. Through the generosity of our donors, we've already surpassed our Ukraine Relief Fund of $75,000 to help provide these refugees with food, shelter, and basic living supplies. But additional donations are welcome and will be used to support Austrian organizations that are helping refugees. Donations can be made at franciscan.edu slash Ukraine. Again, that's franciscan.edu slash Ukraine. And were you saying when you were there, you actually got to meet some? No, they, they had arrived just a couple of days after I left. But this is really cool. First off, I think our goal was $75,000. Honestly, I think we're at one hundred and twenty. And please don't say, well, they've already received it. You know, they don't need any more. There are so many needs. Right. So we will find, not find, that we know exactly places that we can help support the refugees in the situation that's over there. An interesting thing happened, actually, when I was checking into my flight going over to Europe, uh, the, the lady who checked me in, she was just really, really sweet. And I was sharing with her the fact that we we're going to have refugees. She goes, well, I want to help. And I said, I'm sorry. And she goes, I need an email address. So I gave mm-hmm. her an email address and she offered some uh, support for this cause. So, yeah, I, yeah if, if people want to, if, if uh, people often ask, you know, what can I do? If, if a very simple way, if you want to donate a few dollars, uh, that, that would be wonderful. I'm, I'm just, again, I'm edified and encouraged by the people that, that we surround ourselves with. In, in a period of four or five days, we already had over $100,000. Yeah. It just speaks to the type of, of people that, that are part of the university here. And, and I'm sure, get ready, folks, because once this goes out on the podcast, <laughs> let's just say it's going to be pretty interesting to see where we go. I'll bet you, if, if we were at 120000 I'll bet you we will be over 121000 after the podcast comes forth on it. So. Our podcast listeners are very generous, yeah, so I, yeah. it's definitely one twenty two. dollars uh, But anything you can do uh, would absolutely help, and I think uh, so many of us, just want to do something and it's nice when you have an organization like a franciscan or maybe others that you know that money's just going right to people immediately in need so again that's franciscan.edu slash ukraine uh franciscan.edu slash ukraine maybe our instagram maybe franciscan university instagram too i think you can you can do something there find the link there so Yeah. yeah that's great thank you so much you guys everybody for your generosity on that i always want to call it the ukraine yeah and i don't know why that is it's not appropriate. You wouldn't no. say you wouldn't say the Austria the Russia. Or, or the Iceland. I don't know why we want to but say. But we would that say Ukraine. the U.S. Maybe it's because it starts with a U. We want to donate to the United States of America, or well, or you say you would, you would say I live in the U.S. as opposed to I live in Ukraine, right? I live in Ireland. You wouldn't say I live in the Ireland, but you would say I live in the U.S. I wouldn't say I live in United States. I might say I live in America. Yeah, I live in the states. Yeah, exactly. so maybe because it starts with the U. But I always read that. I'm like, wait, shouldn't Uganda? there be a the? Uganda? Did you say the Uganda? There goes, the, there goes your little you story. It <laughs> doesn't <laughs> come up a lot, that. to be honest. Words hurt. Well, I'm just saying the topic Words doesn't hurt. Come up. I know that. I know that. I sit across from you. I know. So we had a great event last night. It was or really special. Yeah. yeah, with Which Jordan when you're B. Peterson. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, who I knew nothing about. Uh, I kind of went into it fresh. I know okay. some people are... Um, Really excited. I was supposed to actually meet him at one point as like a little bit of a campus tour, which got canceled, which I was fine with. But they were laughing. They actually were asking me to do it because they knew I didn't know him and I wouldn't geek out. You wouldn't fanboy on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would just be like, hi, it's nice to meet you. Um, but it really wasn't exciting. I mean, the field house was, 
I don't want to say sold out because we didn't actually sell tickets no, to the event. We had right, a generous donor right. who uh, let him come in and uh, and we just invited students, faculty, staff for free. Yeah, it was packed. It was just a. It, it was, was great. It was a really great event. I mean, for those of you who don't know him. Uh, Jordan Peterson is, I mean, if you take a look at his book, the Wall Street Journal, I think, or maybe it was the New York Times, the cover said, uh, one of the most influential thinkers in the Western, in the Western Hemisphere today. Wow. And, and I think that's probably fair. You yeah. know, he was a psychologist uh, from the University of Toronto. A clinical psychologist. Clinical psychologist, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so. from the University of Toronto. Uh, taught there, also taught at Harvard. Uh, and really kind of came actually in prominence uh, in my own mind and in, in my experience was when the whole, some of the transgendered issues came about and, and he gave some courses and some classes and I just thought he had a really, I think, a very solid view on, on that from a psychological point of view. He doesn't have, well... Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I mean, at one point faith. he was a strong atheist. Right, right. And then he became agnostic. But and he wasn't, he he wasn't a militant atheist. Okay. He just, he he just was. said he just didn't, God wasn't kind of a part of his experience, a part of his story. Um, but over the last many years, you begin to seeing that change. And, yeah. and, and he says now, he would say that he lives as if there is a God. Okay. You know, now doesn't exactly explain more what that means, right? <laughs> right. But the other thing is that his wife is is coming to faith as well. And yeah. when I asked him about that, and, and he's public about this, so I, I would yeah, yeah, just so we're clear. Any, yeah, yeah, I'm never going to share something that that was I felt was just between he and I. But he said, yes, my my wife has. He said, I think the quote was has one foot in that world, hmm. but she's really actually finding consolation in the rosary, and and, and that's been there's public YouTube's out there and, right. and that kind of thing, but. Um, but he's, you know, the, the the talk that he gave was, in essence, that says, and you watch it as well, Bob. But the Bob, the Bible's true. You yeah. know, it, it's it's an ethic, and and it's true, and we need to live in that way. And and it, it's interesting just where this is going to lead him, right? Right. Um, is he ultimately going to come? You know. Coming to faith, I think he is coming to faith. But sure. the question is, is it going to come to the Catholic Church? And it's interesting. I, I watched a, a podcast that he was a part of, and, and this was he, he alluded to this as well. He said he feels some like, in some ways, like he's a trophy that people are going after. Mm, yeah, you know, and you and I, I think have, have talked about something like this before that. You know, youth youth ministries, and, and I think maybe you see it more in some of the Protestant youth ministries. Like, you get a star if you bring somebody. So, <laughs> so right. in, in that, I wanted to be sensitive to that in our conversation, our dialogue. That I was just glad to be with him, and, right. and I was just open to having a conversation with him. So he gave a talk, and then he and I had a conversation. Um, he's he's wrote a book. This is awful. Uh, Beyond belief. Beyond belief is that the most recent one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Um, in one of the chapters, the last chapter is um, gratitude in the midst of suffering, and that was the topic that we chose. He, he both he and his wife and a daughter have experienced uh, tremendous illness and, and question whether or not he was going to ultimately live. He was mm-hmm. in a coma for a while. And so I thought it was a very relevant topic going into Holy Week. I thought yeah. it was revel- relevant. And also in the midst of, of COVID coming out of the pandemic, please, Lord, let that be the case. I think that's been one of the things that I've reflected on over the last many months is is that COVID forced people to look at, at suffering yeah. and death. And I don't think we did it very well. I mean, I think that's ultimately part of the struggle that we had was this these people, like a culture that was riddled with fear of death. And and that's not to say that anybody necessarily 
well, I guess we can celebrate death if we believe, but but I think COVID really presented this this world that doesn't want to suffer, yeah. right? And does anything it can to not suffer. So I, I thought I thought we had a, a really nice conversation about yeah. that. And uh, yeah, the conversation part was great. I mean, I'm glad that I've given you a lot of practice speaking to a, a great intellectual that prepared you for doing so well with Jordan B. Peterson. You're right. F- fair enough. Um, he had crazy long pauses. You know, it's interesting. He is, I mean, he is a really smart dude. Unbelievable smart dude. Yeah, watching him talk was like looking, I mean, the best thing I could think of it was like intellectual jazz. I mean, he was clearly formulating thoughts, not in a way like I didn't prepare and I'm and I'm like, you know, doing this by the seat of my pants, but like, but like, like brilliant, like, uh, and then he would just stop. And sometimes because I watched it at home with my family. And I and if his fingers it froze if his fingers something. weren't twitching, I would have thought the feed froze. You yeah. know, I'm like, is he is he going to say something? And then he came out and said things. And yeah, his approach. So he talked about the Bible, uh, which is kind of a funny thing to talk about at Franciscan because I yeah. think we're all kind of in on the Bible. But coming from, uh, from a scientific a, a scientific point of, view, point of view, a historical point of view, a psychological just maybe real quick point of view. To jump back, he yeah. he went and he did a tour of the Bible Museum. Right. And this began this whole thing for him about, well, that's not fair to say it began because I'm sure right. he's given it reflection and he's, and he's spoken and written on the Bible before. But that became this place of the centrality of the Bible yes. for, historically. Okay, and, and especially in Western culture, he said, you know, how do you know if something is a significant text or how do you know if something is true? And he said, well, you have to look back as to what influenced it. So... Um, you know, like Shakespeare is an example. You know, Shakespeare is so quoted in our society. So many things draw from Shakespeare. And where did Shakespeare draw from? Well, really, you can go all the way back to the Bible. And all of these things... You connect in, the dots on all if, these if great works. If you connect works. the dots at all the great works of Western civilization, you really have to... He's like, you have to read the Bible to understand any of the other references that are going on in the context of civilization. And he said, just by that merit... You would have to argue the truth of Scripture in that all of human society is continuing to go back to it. He compared it to his own book, and he said, you know, look, I, I say some crazy things, and I might be wrong, but people seem to read my book, and they're really blessed by it. You know, and if, if what I said was total bunk, they would tell people. People have been living by the Bible now for 2,000 years in that sense, and even longer considering uh, the, the Jews in the Old Testament. And... Um, and and he really just was saying it's it's a self evident statement that the Bible scientifically must, yeah. and that was the thing yeah. it was not a step in faith right it was, just it, scientifically yeah. right. you'd have to say the Bible is not only true the Bible is the definition of true of true yeah, yeah. and how and the ethical lens by which societies need to live by and then he said when you look at other societies that don't believe in simple things like we're all made in the image and likeness of God, and therefore we all have dignity. Those societies might be propped up by a dictator or exist for a little bit, but they always collapse under the weight of themselves. Yeah. Well, you, you really did listen. Oh, I paid, I paid a lot of yeah, attention. I cool. thought it was brilliant. No, he, has, he shares in, in other stories, and he also yeah, shared with I, I was very blessed to be able to just have some time with him. It was really wonderful. Um, so it was funny when you have handlers, you know, when you're Jordan Peterson. <laughs> right. So our understanding was that we were going to pick him up and he was going to go straight from the airport to his hotel 
Uh, and that was going to be it the rest of the day. He, he arrived around 9.30 in the morning. It's yeah. like, ah. So we, we got together in the plane, and um, he said, uh, so what are we going to do? And we're like, well, what do you mean? He goes, and we had we had this desire of what we wanted to do. He goes, right. and he goes, oh, if I just go back to the hotel, I'm just going to fall asleep, and I don't want to do that. You know. And the other thing that's interesting, and he, again, he talks about this publicly. He's in chronic pain. He's, Is he? Yeah, but he said last night at the end of the evening, uh, we were talking about what was your day like with us, and and he said, well, let me first say this has been one of the best days I've had, like feeling pain-wise in a long time. So oh, that's he great. said, any day that I'm not in, in real pain is a wonderful day. So he goes, wow. to be able to do that with you, and, and he and I walked around the campus, he said it was just lovely. But I invited him to join us for liturgy, and mm-hmm. he's never been to a Catholic Mass before. Neat. And it was like uh, the image that I used that looked like a six-year-old opening Christmas gifts. Wow. He just paid it. I mean, again, he is, like you stated, he looks at everything and experiences everything intellectually and intensely. Yeah. I took him to the Portsiancola and it was explaining what he was going to see, right? In the monstrance, he's never seen anything like that, but he'd never been to a Catholic mass before. Yeah. And I said, in John six, Jesus says that, that he is the bread of life. And it's not just a symbol, but he is present in that. And I made some references, you know, analogous to the, the Ark of the Covenant, yeah. the dwelling place of God. And he goes, well, he's, he goes, well, symbols are not bad. What's, what's wrong with the symbol? And I said, well, you're here with us. I, I, that's much better than a symbol of you being here with us. And he goes, oh, well, yeah, of course, that makes sense. <laughs> you know? And so we walked in the Port yeah. and spent a minute or two together. And um, he walked out and he said, he said, wow, so that's, that's a very wonderful place. He was also interestingly touched by the fact that we had students pray 24 hours a day, seven days. He said, like, all the time, I said, "You will never walk in there, and there's not a student in there. Right. Multiple students." Right. He was very moved by that. Very moved by the tomb of the unknown child, uh, of the unborn child. Um, it was just, it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did he come to Franciscan? He could go. That's anywhere. a great question. That's yeah. yeah. So he actually doesn't come to universities anymore. He okay. said it's such, it's so divisive and so people are protesting um, him. So yeah, when right. when we reached out to him again, uh, the the donor reached out on behalf of Franciscan University. Um, they vet everything they do. And he said, he goes, it just seemed like this place was different. Hmm. He said, I wanted to come. It just seemed like this place was different. Yeah. So it was, it was a really wonderful experience. Yeah. And, and we continue to pray for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the Lord, my, my prayer was that, that seeds were planted in, in his life and that whether or not the university is a part of that in the future, I think, I honestly, I think that we'll probably, there's going to be some relationship that's going to come from this. Yeah. But, we just trust that the Lord would, would lead it to the people that are going to help bring that about. Well, and it's also exciting. So that, those videos are going to be online. Does that sound we right? We think so. We think so. Um, the, yeah. The, Do the, they have to approve the relationship, them? Exactly. Yeah, the okay. relationship was is that, that they will take a look at them and that they will let them know how we were able to okay. use those. Well, yeah. hopefully so. But, and then that would be more blessings for yeah, other people. Indeed. But I also, I do appreciate what you say, you know, like. Just as, you know, everybody wants him kind of as a trophy right. to be able to say, we convert, you know, and he's a human being. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. you know, we want that for anybody. <clears throat> and, and I think that that, that is a, um, a tension that exists in evangelization that that I want to have a relationship with somebody and I want to love them and respect them and see their dignity because of that, not because I want them to be converted. Right. Do I want them to be converted? Yeah. Sure, everybody. sure, of course. But but that's manipulative in one sense. That, right. 
that the only reason you want to be in relationship with me is because you want me to do something, even even if it's good for them, right? Right. But, yeah. yeah. No. Let so. God can speak for Himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's know? right. That's right. I mean, yeah. He doesn't need. You know, we don't need to do a selling job. It's yeah. you know the, the the gift is beautiful and the gift is there. So Amen. that was a great night. Yeah. It was. Well, uh, we're heading into Holy Week and uh, we are continuing our talk on virtues. And I get this one. Let me see. What is it? Hmm. It's not see, faith. The first, the first one was faith. It's Second, not love. Three. You're going to do love. Okay. I get to do hope. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Ooh, That's like talking. Yeah, about. baby. They that yeah, hope. Yeah, yeah, That's talk what about, we're talking yeah. about today. Wow. Right. We're talking about, you know, pull out an old paper that you wrote from the 10 years ago. All so right, go we'll, ahead. Well, hope. buckle up. I actually All found right. some cool new stuff. Nice. Uh, Father Contala Mesa. A fan. Big fan. Big fan. Uh, preacher of the papal household. At least he used to be. Still is. Oh, yeah. Dang. Father Father Brian Cavanaugh just sent us uh, the text that he gave last week in Lent. It was oh, really beautiful. That's really cool. Well, many yeah. years ago, uh, he wrote a book called Life in Christ, and he talked about faith, hope, and love. And I love this analogy. He talked faith, hope, and love. They are like three sisters. Two of them are grown, and the other is a small child. They go forward together hand in hand with the child hope in the middle. Looking at them, it would seem that the bigger ones are pulling the child, but it is the other way around. It is the little girl who is pulling the two bigger ones. It is hope that pulls faith and love. Without hope, everything would stop. Lovely. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's really lovely. And I think as we talk about this virtue of hope, um, you know, in terms of the biblical virtue, it's not really wishful thinking. Sometimes we say, we'll have faith in something, which means we kind of want it to happen, or I hope it will happen, which means it probably won't. Mm -hmm. But there is a certainty to this biblical virtue of hope, and it's rooted, it's rooted in eternity. It's, it's rooted in heaven. And, um, you know, Pope Benedict wrote a whole encyclical on hope. By the way, if you're not familiar with it, the first three documents, the first three encyclicals that Pope Benedict XVI wrote are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it was Deus Caritas Est, God is Love, was the first. Which was so cool because everybody, you know, he was such an intellectual and they're expecting his first thing to be, you know, let me explain the Trinity. I know it's a mystery, but it's not going to yeah, be anymore. It, it, I'm going to explain <laughs> it to you, right? <laughs> right. No, it was God is Love. And, and, his, and the second one was Space Salve, which is um, Hope Saves. Yeah. And I don't remember the name of the third one, but it was on faith. Do yep. you remember the name yep. of the third one? I do one? not. Okay. It was right. yeah, so you should everybody should check that out. Um, but this idea of hope that Benedict writes about, we've quoted this before, but he says this. He says that uh, Christianity isn't only good news. Um, it wasn't informative, but performative. It means the gospel isn't a communication of things that can be known. It is one that makes things happen and is life-changing. The dark door of time of the future has been thrown open. The mm. one who that's hopes... That's such a great image. Oh, the isn't dark, that Yeah, that's such a beautiful The image. one who hopes lives differently. The one who hopes has been granted the gift of a new life. And that's that image, that um, the hope is, you know, we're in darkness. The hope knocks the door open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the hope lets the light shine in. We're not yet standing in the light. That, that's just that's such the, a cool... That's eternity. That's such a cool... Obviously, we're, we're entering into Holy Week. That's right. such a cool image that we're going to walk up to Good Friday with that door, that dark door in front of us. And, and the hope is going to be the door that opens up Good Friday into... Saturday and then the vigil. So right. that's that's a great, that's a, a really, really cool image. And it ties in beautifully what Pope Benedict was saying a lot with some of the conversation that you had with Peterson about suffering, because he has a whole section in this letter about 
it is hope that gets us through suffering. Mm. You know, hope is the things uh, in what, you know, we do not see. We hope in what we do not see, as St. Paul says. And when you're in suffering and in darkness, you're not seeing anything. Right. You're just feeling it. Right, right. But it's the hope that allows you to know that you're called for something greater. Right. I mean, it's not just pie in the sky after you die kind of thing. We uh-huh. live that virtue of hope now. But hope is that motivator. Hope is that driving force. Hope is why we pray. That's another thing Benedict mm. brings up. Like, if we don't have hope, we don't right, pray. Right, right, exactly. exactly. You know? What's the use of it? Right. What's the use of, of placing in intercession before the Lord if we don't have a sense of hope that, that he's going to fulfill this? Or, or that, that our present circumstances is not the end of the story. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. So he talks about hope that, uh, that, per, that keeps us alive in suffering, hope that drives prayer. And the third point that he made I thought was really fascinating and I just never thought about. Um, it was about hope and judgment. Mm. And okay. in the fact not only of the mercy that we'll receive in our judgment at the last day, but, you know, one of the scriptures that St. Paul quotes is it talks about, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Yeah. Like we need not be caught up in doing the work of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we can believe that God is going to make things aright. And judgment isn't necessarily like about damn, it's just about justice. Like we all... You know, we but, all have yeah, this sense of justice. Yeah, the measuring rod of that justice is mercy. Yeah. Is, is mercy, and that's founded that's, in That's home. awesome. That's awesome. See? Honestly, yeah. I, I apologize, Bob. <laughs> as, as we're preparing, I, honestly, I, it's... It's been a long... It's been a long week. And yeah. I, said, I said, Bob, honestly, I don't even remember. Am I doing it? And he goes, no, I, I've got it this week, and it's in hope. And I said, give me a break. You have not done anything to prepare. And he said, well, we'll see. That's really cool. Thank you, Bob. That's You're awesome. Welcome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's all good. Well, well, then let's just pray then, uh, as we begin our Holy Week, uh, as our listeners are, are about to bring the, begin the Holy Week Palm Sunday. Yeah, we we pray for that grace and that and that virtue that that really does not just cognitively understand. And and this is something that I've done before is that if if I was if I was God and I had this magic eraser. I would erase the end of the story. So, and this is the invitation: is imagine going through Holy Week not knowing what the end of the story is, and 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 walking on you know Palm Sunday and then Holy Thursday and the crazy again. You don't know the end of the story. You don't know how this and the the drama that is Good Friday mm-hmm. and 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 it's just you'd have to think this is just crazy. This I actually Jordan Peterson. You could Google this. Jordan Peterson does a thing on the betrayal of Christ that's beautiful, and it's like. They knew he was innocent, and they still did it. And they chose a, a criminal instead of him. Yeah. And and then just sit with that. Don't jump to Saturday. Don't jump to Friday. This is to Easter Sunday, and and just pray and reflect on the reality that there is hope in the midst of Good Friday, the Good Friday, but also your Good Friday, whatever it is. So, Lord, we ask that we could journey with you during this time of Holy Week. Let us not jump to the end of the story, but just be where you are and encounter you and experience you there. May the Lord pray his blessings upon all of those who are so generous in their time and spend some time with us on this podcast. God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a great Holy Week, Bob. Hey, thank you. You too, Father. And uh, everybody else, we're praying for you. Please keep praying for us. Send us emails and prayer requests at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. And once again, if you can help support those we are helping in the Ukraine, franciscan.edu slash Ukraine. The Ukraine? Just Ukraine. God bless you. (laughs) Peace.